Hello again, everybody. It is me. It's your old buddy, Steve Simonson, and we are continuing our mini-series today in the awesomers.com podcast, that mini-series being Founder Foundations. Uh, what's the point of the mini-series? It's to try to consolidate some of the very basic building blocks that all executives need, all founders need, for, for that matter. And if you're going to build a company that has kind of a great result, whether it's growing sales or you know lots of profits or longevity, uh, however you tend to measure these things, it's going to take a great team. And people really are at the center of every good company. In fact, uh, my Catalyst88.com uh, brand, you know, I've used the the phraseology strategy systems scale, and maybe that's a tagline. I don't know what it is, but anyway, strategy first. This is like where we're going and why is it important? Systems, like how are we going to manage it? How are we going to measure it? And then scale, that's how the business grows. But really scale is almost a code word for people, as I've said before. And having people who can manage those systems is really the ultimate in kind of management uh, ninja tactics. And so I want you guys to think of today's episode, which is, really thinking in terms of real-world systemic management. And why do I say real-world? Well, real-world means that we're going to deal with the reality of what it is to be a manager. And it ain't easy. In fact, for me, it's it's the hardest thing. I'm not a good manager at heart. I've had to develop skills. I'm still not great, but I, I know where I'm terrible. And I will bring in uh, complementary resources to shore up my weaknesses with their strengths. So understanding that management is difficult, at least it is for me, and I think it is largely for most entrepreneurs, that's where we need the real world element of this thing. Uh, this is not uh, real world MTV stuff where they have nonsense um, episodes, but it it does almost conjure up some of those silly MTV real world of whatever uh, episodes where there's infighting, and there's just the silliest, craziest things ever. As a founder, as an entrepreneur, we rarely understand why are these people fighting over territory? Why do these uh, different team members dislike each other? Why are they refusing to work together? Or why whatever else uh, you uh, may have run across. It, uh, I've heard people describe management as like being a daycare provider. And I, I think that that's both, I have empathy and understand where you're coming from, but it's also, uh, it's one of those real world aspects that it's like, you can't just sprinkle unicorns and rainbows and everybody get along and everybody's happy. There's real world elements to managing a team. And the less that you are grounded with some of the basic precepts of systemic management, and I'll talk about some of those here in a minute, and the more you're just kind of um, going with the flow or reading the the last management book and and trying to apply a couple of principles like that, that's just closer to chaos and farther from order than you want to be. So what do I mean by being a you know a systemic manager? The first thing is when you hire people, particularly if you have you know more than a few people, you should be hiring supervisors and hiring you know, ultimately managers above the supervisors think of your own hierarchy and your own titles, if you wish, but you should not be having everybody report to you. So your number one thing 
to think about systemic management is what is, you know, uh, my hierarchy? What's that going to look like? And listen, I don't care if you want to think of them as everybody's a, an equal balloon or everybody's got this or, you know, the shape is not relevant. But when you think of a traditional functional org chart, there are functions that must exist in every company. I'm talking about things like product development and marketing and advertising and finance and operations and shipping and fulfillment and so on and so forth. These are operational fundamentals for a product-based company, for example. If you're an agency or you're a software provider, you have your own operational functions of your business, but they're all real functions and those functions do exist. And someone in the organization is responsible for those functions. And this is part of the point of developing a systemic management mindset is that you commit yourself to understanding what those functions are to begin with. Like, hey, here's an idea. Why don't you have a functional org chart and then start filling in names to that? And again, we've shared lots of things like this in the past in terms of how you make your functional org chart and how you think about uh, growing an organization and so on. Uh, I'm not going to get into the, the tactics today, but I will just share a few things that I think are important. When you are creating a company, and we've talked about creating your personal why, your strategic objective, and so on, but one of the things that you're going to create is, is kind of the about us section of your company, right? Think of it on your website. What's the about us say? And I, I really don't want that about us to be filled with meaningless platitudes. I far prefer uh, the Roy Williams school of we believe, right? You can go search we believe Roy Williams on YouTube one of these days and watch his wonderful presentation that, you know, essentially he, he says, you know, skip the platitudes and just tell people what you believe and make that your dividing line, right? It's good for customers. It's good for suppliers. It's good for your personnel. And never forget, by the way, that, you know, maybe with the exception of shareholders, that would be one additional constituency that those primary elements of your company, you need suppliers, you need people, right? And obviously you need customers, uh, the fourth may be shareholders. You may or may not need shareholders uh, depending on your context. But understanding your con constituents and what their needs are and then communicating to them in an effective way is certainly part of systemic management. So one of your takeaways from today should be, do I have a functional org chart? If not, why not? And when am I going to get it? Secondly is, what are my kind of management paths when I'm hiring somebody uh, are they somebody who wants to be in management? And by the way, one mistake a lot of people make is a great tactician, somebody who's great at uh, doing stuff, is not always the best at managing stuff. So make sure you understand their why and what they want out of life. Because there's many times we've promoted people into management, they would have been far happier staying in the position they were, even if that meant some new manager uh, was their supervisor. Because a good manager, a really good manager, knows how to get the best out of people. Not in a manipulative, I'm going to squeeze every ounce of value you have until you're left as an empty husk. But in the opposite, a really good systemic manager goes, I'm going to get you optimized at, at the performance level that is so harmonious and so awesome. It'll just feel like a, a buzz, a, a high hum, you know, that's going through your system, where that 
becomes a real excellent way to live. And people look forward to coming into work instead of, you know, feeling like they're being manipulated or screwed over. Remember that I've uh, rec recommended the book uh, a number of times called It's the Manager. Uh, why do people leave, leave organizations? It's the manager. Now, the, I added real world to this title because I just think it's so important. And I'm not going to get into the politics or the, you know, all the details, but I, I do want to point out that uh, Twitter is a great example of um, the realities that entrepreneurs face. Uh, Elon Musk, whether you love him or you hate him, is really quite irrelevant. When he took over the company of Twitter, they had a bunch of people who vocally said, I hate Elon Musk. I hate billionaires. I hate what he stands for. I hate free speech, whatever. Again, this is the Elon Musk side of the story. Uh, now, whether or not you agree with those people, you should agree that why would you keep a bunch of people that hate you and have the potential to be saboteurs in the company? So uh, again, ladies and gentlemen, I've shared many episodes about finding your strengths and managing based on strengths instead of weaknesses. One of the things that strengths tells us is that people are broken into three categories. They are uh, engaged, they are disengaged, or they are actively disengaged, right? And all of this feeds into the, my main point. If somebody's engaged, that means they're they're humming along, right? They're really getting it done. They're harmonious. And just think of that, you know, that warm, right, real nice buzz. Everybody's got a feeling of electricity in the company. That is contagious and people love that. And it's extraordinarily intoxicating for an entrepreneur. It just feels so good. Uh, now, the disengaged are those that are like, I don't feel any buzz coming into here. I'm punching a clock. I'm trying to get in and out of here. And uh, the strengths finder people would say that, you know, somebody who's engaged is like a homeowner. They're tending to their lawn. They're keeping their house up. They're really a part of the neighborhood. They really feel invested. And somebody who's disengaged is just a renter. They're like, hey, I'm here until I'm, here, I'm gone. And then, you know, somebody else will be here after me. Now, I'm not telling you that having people who are disengaged is awful. Uh, it's not great. But every company has disengaged people. So it's part of the deal. The question is how many of your team members are engaged versus disengaged? That's that's a measurement that you can do. And we, we can talk about that some other time. And I've talked about that in the past as well. But what you had at Twitter is a group of actively disengaged people who literally are saboteurs, right? Having them on the ground uh, at Twitter in the building or with access to their computers is more likely to cause Twitter to go out of business and be, you know, just kind of fall off the internet for a, you know, some period of time. I'm not saying forever, but, you know, having the thing crash was more likely that if they continue with saboteurs, with people who are actively disengaged than the other way. And this is why having a systemic management process is super, super important. In this real world that we live in, you're going to have some people that, you know, kind of rub you the wrong way, or perhaps you rub them the wrong way. And that when there's not a fit, stop stealing their lives from them. Let them move on to greener pastures. And, you know, as I like to say, it shouldn't be a surprise to them unless there's some sort of values breach. They should have the every opportunity to, you know, get right. You should hire very carefully to avoid these things and hire very swiftly when things aren't going right. 
not because you're cruel, not because you're mean, certainly not because you're a tyrant, but indeed because these people need to get on with their lives somewhere they can they can be productive and engaged. All of these are kind of um, aspects of systemic management that when you get it right and when you declare your beliefs and you declare your strategic objective, you can think systemically, you can be fair, you can be passionate, you can be protective over your people. Uh, having, uh, for example, we like to do something in our management system we call business development meetings. I've heard them also called lion meetings. I've heard every number under the sun or every variation of these, but it's every week. Everybody has a meeting with their direct supervisor every week. Now, I say that with an asterisk. If somebody's on vacation or traveling or you miss it once, uh, you know, occasionally, that's life. Um, in fact, we don't even panic about it. It's like, oh, this one is a miss. We'll just get you on the next one. But by having those weekly check-ins, everybody knows that this one-on-one -on -one meeting is your chance to talk about, you know, kind of old business, you know, what have we worked on and are there problems with that? New business, what are we going to work on and, you know, what do I need help with? And then any kind of personal business. And again, there's a whole system for running BDMs that we can talk about another time. But your real world systemic management begins with people and finding those people who, you know, mesh with you the best and that are willing to get on board with all of these things that we've already covered about your strategic objective and your company story. And they understand that whatever aspects of the why that you have decided to share with them, like my why is I'm not going to be tied to an office and I may travel for weeks at a time and never tell anybody where I'm going. And they shouldn't need me to check in with them uh, to tell them what to do, right? That's part of my why. And the reality is if, if they relied on me, then I'm just a giant bottleneck uh, who's traveling around. So now, by the way, that still exists on some level, as uh, particularly as we have new enterprises or new things going. The vision, the more of it that's stuck in my head, I will continuously be the bottleneck. And then my effort will be to uh, decongest that bottleneck as fast as humanly possible. So think about management being systemic. Think about your team, how you're you know, bringing them in as supervisors and you know, then maybe assistant managers, and then they become their own managers. And then maybe bec they become, you know, a higher level of uh, leader as time goes on and move up through your ranks. One little uh, nugget I'll leave you with is that people who see opportunity for them to grow within a company and grow their career are far more likely to be engaged than the others. And there are other, there's 12 questions you can ask somebody about uh, engagement or 12 questions you can ask to determine their engagement, which I referred to uh, multiple times in the past. And you guys can go scan past episodes about strengths-based leadership and strengths finder and so forth. It's something that we have systemically put into our companies. We believe that much into it. And uh, again, I can show you more examples of that in the future, but this is good for today. Real world systemic management coming to you on the Awesomers podcast series. Uh, go do me a favor if you haven't already and share the word, everybody. I appreciate you and I thank you. Bye-bye, everybody.